Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 163. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Jay, before we get into what we've been up to this week, I just want to share with everybody two new iTunes reviews that we got. Both of them, five stars. Oh, That's right. Thank you. That's right. It's the only time a woman ever gave you five stars. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. I don't, I don't know if they have a star rating on Bumble or on Tinder. I don't know how that works, <laughs> but, but th- these ones definitely swiped right. Uh, so <laughs> the first one is from M. One one zero four one six on iTunes, and I'm going to say she because M just it sounds feminine to me, yeah. so I'm going to say she. Yeah. So she says, stumbled upon this podcast a few weeks ago, and I've been hooked ever since. I went back and started listening from the beginning, and the episodes are all awesome. This pod should be a staple for every film nerd. The guys have so much insightful knowledge of films and TV shows, and even got me to try some different beers with their beer review segments. Thank you, Dave and Jay, for a great podcast, and for giving my inner nerd an outlet instead of trying to convince my friends for the hundredth time why Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie when we're drunk at bars which I don't I, I don't know wow. why you have to convince anybody of that it's a fact you can't it's get much a <laughs> fact you can't get much better of a review than that. I mean, that's just A+. plus. <laughs> All right. And our second iTunes review came in from Ski Bum DTC. They say, love their movie reviews. Came to confirm an ad. So this must be someone from Blowfish, I'm assuming. Oh. So they came to confirm an ad and ended up listening to the whole episode so perfect man thank you very yeah, much you very or they much. or they could be from podcoin it, yeah either way it doesn't could be matter david, could, well, be, could be david cook who runs who sure. runs who runs podcoin he could he could be he could be a fan now welcome dave welcome welcome dave yeah. welcome we're just, we're just gonna assume <laughs> <laughs> spread the word all right jay so yeah man what have we up to this week it's been one week since you looked at me so what'd you get down to? Did you do anything interesting? Anything fun? Anything you want to share with people? I saw you riding a moped. You're going to tell all your friends about it? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I was up in the lake. The lake house. My buddy has a lake house up in Lake Harmony, Pennsylvania. And it's a really cool, fun little summer retreat. And winter retreat, for me at least. Because yeah. at least I like to partake you're a, in that area. Because you're a ski bum when I it comes to the winter. I am a bit of a ski, uh, ski bum, yeah, for you, sure. You slummed it with us. when We, we normies <laughs> who don't know how to ski. Uh, we, we, went, we went sledding. We went snow tubing. And you came along for the ride with that. I know. So. I was like, I don't do this. Don't but do I'll this. go with the flow. I'll Dude, bring my flask. Look at my inner thighs. Do I look like I could handle being on ski? Skis. You could. Uh, I, I got. I got big. You got the body I got for it, buddy. <laughs> you got the body for low it. center of gravity. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying you're shaped like a teapot, Dave. <laughs> Short and stout. <laughs> you you were the best sledder, though. I uh, yeah, well. Yeah. That's because I have weight to yes. carry me. No one else has the weight that Very I have. Very buoyant. Yeah. 
That's exactly it. Cruising on top of that ice. All right, now I'm getting mad. Shut up. All right, all right. <laughs> Moving on. No, but my buddy has a Vespa scooter. Super fun. I've never been very confident in like ever like wanting to have a motorcycle or anything right. like that. <laughs> but for some odd reason, just zooming around and like, you know, 20 mile per hour speed limit, like community in the trees. You were like, videotaping it's, it's yourself cool. doing it, right? I know. Well, there was some deer and I was like, oh God, I got to turn around and like try and get these deer while I'm riding a scooter. So and hold on. <laughs> you're in the Poconos. You're sending me this video of you riding a moped. And immediately I flashed to those YouTube videos of like people riding bikes and then out of the per- periphery comes a bear like chasing them i like was so hoping for there that are bear though in that area i was hoping to do that run <laughs> and then you get trapped so in a corner fun. hello darkness my old friend <laughs> that was the end of super movie brother jay yes. and i got it on film <laughs> it was a bear attack <laughs> we'll That's put it way in, to go out we'll put it in mark's short film series i know seriously <laughs> I, you would use it. I would allow that. <laughs> I would allow that. I'll sign off on that. Mark, you'll be dead. You won't, you won't have to sign off to, get your, know, par- have to get your parents' signatures. They won't allow it. <laughs> Sorry. I had to do like, looks I like I signed a contract before I die. Looks like Mama Short is, like is going to be suing me then. Oh, my dad would. <laughs> my mom would probably let, yeah, let ah, you guys you, do it. But your, anyway. dad, your dad's another Dave. I know how to talk to Dave. <laughs> I can handle that. That is true. You could. <laughs> you can. All right. So what else did you do other than uh, r- uh, ride well, a moped? No, no I got to say, like, my, my buddy, man, I didn't really know this, but he is in an abusive relationship. Oh, really? Holy shit. I can't. He's, I cannot he's the ju- abusee, not the abuser, right? Right. Yeah. I can't justify this, dude. I, I don't even want to get into it. It's just horrid. Horrible. No now, names. She does have a history of... A little bit of mental illness sometimes, very deep depression, suicidal ideations. I mean, I kind of technically set them up, sort of. Okay. In an ass backwards way, because I knew her when she was 15 years old. Now she's 27 years old, lived quite and, a life, Dave. And you already had her before she was no, legal. No, no, so. no, no. no. <laughs> I was already sleeping with her boss when she was 15 years old. So uh, it was just out the window. Anyway. But anyway, so. Can I ask you a question? Why did you bring this to Share Circle? <laughs> I don't know because, because it was, it was I, so crazy. I had to say, I had to just fucking vent about this situation because it's so fucked up. Can we do that off air? Because I can't, I can't make funny comments about this. No, because I this, know, ma- but it's like, this man's being abused, I know, and I can't make funny, funny comments it's about crazy. it. It's just crazy. Make, like I feel, you feel responsible. Look, I feel semi responsible. Like, I feel bad for her. I feel some sort of way about her because I feel kind of protective, but also it's my boy. I feel protective for him too. Well, how I don't want to see her hurt herself, but I don't want to see her hurt him either <laughs> all i gotta say so is, it's like one of those weird situations where i'm like this just needs to stop all i gotta say is hello darkness my old friend <laughs> it's so fucked up come to uh, talk oh my you God, dude. again <laughs> yeah but honestly other than that like me like i i i, I played my basketball game last night i attempted a dunk at the very end of the game i missed well yeah <laughs> on my side and I'm all scraped up now. I'm a fucking loser. You're, yeah, well, you're, uh, you're, so embarrassing. You're 35 years old. Jack. I know. Speaking of age, I had my 33rd birthday this, this I week. know. Happy birthday, Dave. Yeah, I got old and I mean, it, it's been happening gradually. You know, every year I get a little bit older, uh, so, so I'm told. So <laughs> um, one of the things that like my, my good friend Kenny like wished me happy birthday, he, he sent me a text message and it was like, happy birthday, man. One year closer to 40. And I was like, my, my response was, fuck that, dude. I'm one year closer to retirement that's the way that's that's the silver lining that i'm going to look that might be 25 30 years away retirement but i'm one year closer to retirement and that's the way i look at it because you're 
over the hump. I'm over, I'm, I'm over <laughs> the hump. Over the hump. <laughs> Been working since I was 15. I'm now 33. I'm over the hump. I'm halfway there. Yeah. I can see the I can see the shining at the end of the rainbow. But Lauren got me some sweet swag for my uh for for my birthday. So she got me these awesome Toms. You know Toms like the like oh, the, yeah. you know the shoes where you buy one they donate a pair to charity. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I had a couple pairs. These ones are Star Wars ones and they aren't dope. <laughs> and that's the ones I showed you on the. Oh my god. Yep. So so they, that's awesome. They depict the Battle of Hoth and yeah. they're and they're done up like it's all the storyboards from from when they storyboarded oh, the Battle of Hoth cool, and stuff cool. like that. They are sick, but they're also white, which means like I'll wear them like around the house, but like never outside. <laughs> and then I might wear them when we go to Galaxy's Edge when we go to Disney World uh, in November. Right. I'll probably wear them then in Galaxy's Special Edge. Special So when I meet yes. Chewbacca again, I could be like, "Look at this shit! Isn't it dope?" I'll be like, "Chewie, isn't it dope? Look at these shoes! They're, they're Can dope. you sign my shoes?" Right? And then I got my wedding ring, which is the Battle of Hoth, and you know it's gonna be oh, yeah, all right. Uh, so that that was awesome. She also got me uh, Star Wars Hawaiian shirts, uh, which was which was really nice. I really liked it. I really like it. It's got Darth Vader's face inside of a hibiscus. You look good uh, with Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, on. I yeah. like Hawaiian shirts, man. I, and yeah. I like I like the cut of them. You know, they're they're, oh, I hear you. they're slim up top, like around my chesticles area, which is yeah. like the only part of my yeah, body. They, they that, cradle like, the chesticles, right? But then they taper down Hang a little bit, right. and, they, and they hide my gut, which is yeah. nice too. So uh, yeah, it fits well. And uh, then I also treated myself because on your birthday you got to treat yourself i got myself some funko pops i bought myself the 35th anniversary ghostbusters funko pops i got egon and vinkman taking slimer down in the sedgwick hotel mm. it's it's a movie scene so it's two funko pops with slimer in the middle it's awesome and then i got myself ray stance and winston zedmore and uh, yeah i just it was it was just it was just a good week i had logan logan was was such an angel and oh, good. we actually went to the beach on sunday weekend i had a good weekend and then I went back to work on Monday. <laughs> but I am a year older now, and I feel less mature than I did <laughs> last year. I feel like I'm mentally breaking. It's a good number. It's 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 okay, but it's like it's like this what the fuck number, right? Like you're 33, like it's nothing big. Like there's 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 no milestone there. Like I you know, people were like I had a few people like text me and are like, "Oh, happy birthday. I'm sorry I missed it." and stuff like that like a day later and I was like, "You didn't miss anything." Like <laughs> this just happened to be the day that I got spat it's out. Just a day. <laughs> like this is just the day that just I fell out. <laughs> just the day. All right. Do I, your thing. I've talked about us for enough too long long. Uh, let's get into what are you watching what are you watching what are we watching he's trying to watch some illegal channel always watching no 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 go past this past this part in fact never play this again all right joe what'd you get down to watching this week did you watch anything interesting anything fun no, other than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I just um, I call it The Boys, the first episode of The Boys. On yeah, we'll, we'll save that. We'll save that. Okay, save that. and um, I'm just still watching Euphoria and um, the name I will not mention. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. The Americans, yes, yes, we're aware. <laughs> that 10-year-old show that no one cares about anymore. Shh, gotcha. uh, don't you, mention that. Yeah, you might as well start Sons of Anarchy and try to get people to care about it. Fuck that show. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, for me, this week, I went back and I watched a movie that I haven't seen in a very long time. I watched Avatar. Ooh. Yeah, I went back and I watched Avatar. Damn. It's, it's probably been about five, six years since I've watched okay, it. Okay, okay. So it's been, a, it's been a good amount of time. It's been about two years from now. Um, and while watching it, I, I kept sitting there thinking, and I was like, there's no way they're doing a second one. Like, there's no way any of these movies are coming out. There's no way two, three, and four, or five are coming out. Like, uh, you know, uh, but so anyway, watching it again, uh, you know, I, I really, really marveled at the spectacle of it 
you know, like I truly marvel. And the re- what, what got me to watch it was I watched special effects artists watching bad CGI. It's like this. It's it's like th- these guys I, on YouTube. That. Yeah, yeah, they're they're fantastic. I love watching it and stuff like that. But they were talking about like how technically like proficient and how beautiful avatar was and stuff and they talked about this one scene where jake sully falls into like a stream and like just how realistic the water were looked like everything in that scene is cgi just how realistic the water looked like and they talked about how they did that and stuff like that and how they made it happen so it made me want to go back and i really did appreciate all the technical prowess that went into making this movie and stuff but at the same time i'm so like oh you know cares about this world like honestly who cares about this world exactly and i think that's the biggest hurdle that they have i did notice like some things that i never like really picked up on before where like you know jake's always learning to be a navi and he's learning how to integrate with nature and ride these animals and stuff like that you're watching humanity get further away from nature where they're riding machines and like where we're like hum uh you know jake Sully has a psychic link with the with the creatures that he's riding uh you know the 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 mad general or whatever his name is has like a psychic link with a machine with the mech that he's sure. fighting in and stuff like that so i was noticing like these little like juxtaposition moments in and stuff that i hadn't noticed before give me a little bit more appreciation for it but it still left me not like excited for like any type of avatar too and i was thinking about this like there are so many movies that have been like announced that are like supposed to come that i was like it's it's not going to happen like these are movies that are definitely never going to happen so like already disney has said they will like because well, they are because it was art <laughs> because fox already announced that they were doing avatar two three four and five disney said okay all right well we just acquired fox so we're gonna allow that to happen because we just built this 1.6 billion dollar avatar land or whatever the fuck it is in in florida we need to justify making that number one and 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 number two uh you know avatar was one of the most successful movies of all time and i say one of and not the because avengers surpassed it about two weeks ago Boom. so uh so avengers Endgame is now the number one you know movie of all time box office number wise, Crazy. which I still think if you adjust for inflation, Gone with the Wind still beats it, but whatever. Uh, Damn, yeah. So, but anyway, what what I'm getting at is like Disney has now said like Avatar two and three will green light and we'll see how well they do before a green lighting well, of four or five. smart. I but James Cameron they already started filming this though. But James Cameron was like, I think they're still in pre-production, but James Cameron was like, well, no, these are episodic. So like they're basically four parts of one movie. He's such a fucking asshole. <laughs> so if I they cut it off, him. if they cut it I off, you won't stand him. But what this got me thinking about was here, like let's think of some other movies that have been announced that we know for fucking sure are never going to happen. So, Number one on my list here is Indiana Jones five. I don't think it's ever getting off the ground. I I I, ye, I highly yeah. doubt it. Not anytime highly soon. Doubt. Not anytime highly soon. Highly doubt it. Okay, you know it's been talked about for years. It's been already at this point nine years since the last. And we one know came Harrison out. is not behind it, right? You know it's. I'm sorry, nine years. That that's ridiculous. It's been eleven years since the last one came out. Now, by the time it comes out, which I think it's slated to come out in like 2021 at this point, yeah. you know, like I, I just don't think Harrison Ford is the person to put in that movie anymore. And I I, I think not. I think it's more likely to see a reboot of Indiana Jones or to see another story that. that with Indiana Jones, but a different actor playing him at this point. Other movies that I'm that I'm pretty sure are never going to get made. 
Akira. We just found out that Taika Watsidi attached to Akira. He I it, disagree. So so like so here's the I thing. I know it got delayed. Akira's been like on the books as as supposed to be made for like the past 20 years, right? And finally we get we, we get this announcement that Taika Watsidi's going to do it and he's going to use he's going to use Asian actors. He's he's not going to whitewash the film and stuff like that. Then they're like, "Oh, it's been delayed. Why? Because creative differences between the studio and Taika Watsidi. What do you what do you want what they said? Yeah, what do you want to bet the creative differences are? They want to whitewash they, they want to ghost in the shell the shit out of that movie. Uh, yeah, so Taika Watsidi probably. goes over to Marvel and says, guess what, guys? I'm available. And they go, hey, what do you want to do? And he's like, Thor, Love, and Thunder. And they're like, absolutely. So now he's tied down for at least another two to three years with Marvel, which which puts Akira on the back right. burner until 2022, 2023. Okay, I didn't point. think. All right. I didn't think. All right. Fuck. Never fuck. happening. I really wanted this movie. Never happening. I really wanted him to do that movie. And that's the thing. He's like the perfect director. There's for these it. movies that have been like in the zeitgeist that have been like out there. Uh, you know, we talked. But however, we are getting a Ghostbusters three. That's fucking happening. We talked about I how it's never going to happen. At all. I, uh, but they, they got they got. You know, Ivan Reitman's son, Jason Reitman, to direct it feels right to me. They got Paul Rudd in there, which I feel like Paul Rudd. Uh, it's a good fit. Uh, he's he, a good fit. He is a good fit, but he's still also boiled cabbage. He's bland. <laughs> like, that's Paul Rudd. But I, I love Paul Rudd, right? I mean, I don't love boiled cabbage, but like, I love Paul Rudd. You know, he's, yeah, I, I still love the guy. So, like, I, that all feels right to me. But then there's also things where, you know, Christopher Columbus is talking about a gremlin, a gremlin's three. And it's, and, and, and you know, that's been in the zeitgeist for a while. Like when's that going to happen? Now we're finding out there's going to be some prequel animated series. It's all these half measures. CGI Gremlins. Uh, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> so well, I mean, they got the fucking Chucky series off the ground again. There's like all these movies out there, and and the big one that like I I really wish would get made, but it's probably never going to get made. It's Guillermo del Toro's In the Mountain of Madness. Which was actually I don't know anything about it. Which is slated to be made. Oh, it's it's based on an HP Lovecraft story. And it was slated to be made, but Prometheus came out and it has very extremely similar story points to it and stuff like that. So Yeah, but nobody saw that movie. But so. Fox but Fox put no, a lot of people saw Prometheus and were very upset at it. So as soon as that happened, Fox went Sorry, Guillermo, we're going to put this on a back burner. He's tried to bring it back several times since then. And Guillermo del Toro is the king oh, of cancel. But Guillermo del Toro is the king of canceled projects. Like, he starts these projects. True. And they never go anywhere. The Haunted Mansion, I think he was trying to do. I have no clue. Something like that. I but, don't know. So, like, but I just, like, all these movies, like, they sound great on paper. Where it's like, you know, especially like Avatar. Like, you would think, like one of the most successful films of all time. How has it not gotten a sequel yet? And the only thing I can think of is James Cameron. Like it comes back to him. Dude, it's been in production, pre-production for three plus years. Right. Another, another movie. What the hell are they doing and spending money on right now? Ridley Scott's follow-up to, to uh, alien covenant. Never happening. Never happening. And as much as I want Neil Blomkamp's Alien Alien Five to happen, or his sequel to Aliens, I'm to actually happen, still worried about that property. I would love it to come. I would love Neil Blomkamp to to have his hand in it, and I think Disney would actually give him a shot at that property more so than they would get Ridley Scott on board for Maybe, it. Maybe, but I still think there's going to be another Alien movie coming out at some point. I don't know, but I don't think any iteration of what we've gotten now with Disney in control will will happen. I don't think we will see a continuation of Ridley Scott's story, and I don't think we'll get Blumkamp's version either. I think we'll get a Disney-fied version of it where they kind of give you just enough nostalgia that it feels familiar uh, with a new director and stuff like that. 
new wrapping and and that's what we wind up that's what we wind up getting and it's going to be like this force awakens half measure where we're all pretty pleased with it but it was nothing that blew your mind too much right so i mean i don't know welcome to disney hollywood but, but <laughs> so i was thinking of all that jay while watching avatar <laughs> Reach out to us on Twitter and on Facebook. Let us know what movies that have been in the zeitgeist that have been talked about being made for a long time, but still haven't come out. You can reach out to Jay uh, on Twitter, Super Movie Bros Podcast on there. You can reach out to me on Twitter, at Super Movie Pod. Yes. All right, uh, Jay, one other thing. We and you both watched this. We watched The Boys. The Boys. Is there anything I can help you with? I'm not gonna piss you about, Chewie. I heard what happened to Robin. You ain't alone, son. Soups lose hundreds of people each year to collateral damage. I can't stop. I can't stop. Robin! They were my fitness on the front page. That's where I mean the boys are coming. I never wanted to ever be over. Spank the bastards when they get out of line. Can you control her, please? You need to unclench your asshole. Why don't you two carrying on like a bunch of fucking twins? It warrants that fucking hype. It was awesome, right? Was- I mean, I've only seen the first episode. You saw the whole series, so, I believe. Yeah. So I love the bit first of a episode. correction on what I said last week. Last week, I think I said it was a Boom Studios comic. It wasn't. It was a Dynamite comic written by Garth Ennis. Uh, and it, I read the first, I would say like the, the first two trade paperbacks back, back in the day I read. Um, but I was, I was so i was really pleasantly surprised with the comic book about 10 years ago and then the series i i thought you know at first when it started out i wasn't crazy about it i liked the first episode but episodes two three i wasn't two three four i would say like i wasn't really going with and in my mind i was comparing it to the comics and i thought the comics just had a better idea of what the boys yeah okay a, a better idea of what the boys was supposed to be but it's right about the time that Haley joel osmond shows up mesmer shows up that uh they really start kicking the 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 ball forward with like their story and everything you know because that is when the superheroes become aware of the boys and that's when everything just really starts to kick off so um it's fantastic Mm. It is the first episode, really. Just yeah, I know you only saw the first God episode, damn. but like, it, but but it's it's so perfect. Like, and the I whole, will keep this as spoiler free idea, as possible. I'm not going to get. I'm not very getting spoiler. into it. I, I'm just saying the whole premise and the whole idea of grounding it into into like a heightened future world of if if superheroes actually existed right. and what our society would society be like. would do with that right. situation well we see we see it our society so perfect we they see would our market si- it they would brand it it was basically like they like what if the mcu was disney re- would buy them out what if the mcu was <laughs> real like right but but that's what they're saying like what if the mcu was real yeah and i, th- I really felt like while watching it like wh- where the boys was very much a an allegory and a comment on superheroes in comic books this was very much a comment on superheroes in in television and movies in in media Media. Like this was very much a, a comment on superheroes in those mediums and stuff like that. And I yes. I really dug it. I really went along with it. And it how was, would it, yeah, exactly. How would it come into play with not just the corporate world, but also politics yeah. and also the realism of life. It was and if these superheroes and these superpowers actually did what they did in this fucking globe, in this planet, what would happen? The repercussions right. of that are 
dire. And and you see it within the first five, ten minutes of the first episode. It was extremely satirical. It was extremely bloody. And it was extreme. The whole series was extremely irreverent. It, like completely irreverent. refreshing, very refreshing. And it, it is very refreshing, and the acting is pretty top notch. But the only person that I got to say is an absolute motherfucking standout, and it is Carl Urban. Mm. He is fucking lovely. Yes. What a delight, and he is, especially in the first episode when he goes toe to toe with the Vanisher, <laughs> which is just a ton of fun. And that I got to say, fun. you know, I, I, everybody, just watch the first episode. If you are not hooked by the first ten minutes when Huey is. Is talking to his girlfriend Robin. Just get to that point. If you're not hooked by that point, jump out. You're then then you're not going to go along. You'll know it, right then. You'll know. You'll right know right. Yeah. You'll know right then. And and I was hundred percent in. Because <laughs> the A train's coming. Woo! Oh man, I I had such a blast with it. It's going to see Chase Crawford still working. Uh, I I couldn't believe like after it was over. Um, it does end on a really big cliffhanger. But that let me know that, like, I think Amazon's pretty confident in this. I think they knew they oh, had it. should be. I, I think, think they this knew is gonna, they had a hit yeah, on Yeah, this is going to be a hit. Right. Uh, I mean, the Garth Ennis comic book, you know, that is what it is. That's fantastic. I encourage if you if you like comics, but you haven't read The Boys by Garth Ennis, read it. And I'm surprised at the title, though, The Boys. It makes it, it, it makes Does it later on make sense? Because yeah. after the first episode, I didn't really get it. I'm like, he says, why, he why says why we're getting the boys back together. <laughs> like, just so. Um, not, eh. They're the boys. Oh, hum about it. You know, you call up your boys. When you need when you need help, you call yeah, your boys. Yeah, Holla at your boys. Yeah, yeah. It, it's worth all of your times. I encourage everyone to check it out. That's that. That's all I can say. And check out the comic book by Garth Ennis as well. And that's it, Jay. We got some movie trailers that we got to get into. So, Tom Sinushi, drop that beat. The poetics explain. Poetics bring the drums in. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but it's a new wave. We've been on since God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop. Welcome back to Trailer Park. Me and Jay got, I guess, four trailers that we're going to talk about. There's four. Huh? A couple of them we're going to talk about briefly. Okay. And then we're going to get into uh, Zombieland and the Irishman just a little bit more. That's warranted. Yeah. So for sure. let's start off with the one that you were just begging, like your <laughs> cock was aching to get this one on Yeah, here. this is a Jay's Indie Corner type of film. So right? yeah, let's get into the trailer breakdown for Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. How long have we been on this rock? Five weeks? Two days? Help me to recollect. Alright, Jay, the lighthouse. What what is it about this? What what why why should I see this? What what's going on behind the scenes that I'm not aware of that I should be? Okay, this is directed by Robert Eggers. He did the witch or the witch. Or, <laughs> Whatever or, you want to call it. Or the witch. The <laughs> The Vich. So this is a like a dramatic horror fantasy kind of movie, and it really just follows two guys, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And these guys are like keepers of this lighthouse in 1890s in New England, and it's a black and white film, and it just looks like a big ball of fun 
kooky insanity and i'm just like chomping at the bit to just engage in this kind of world and fall in love with these characters hate on the characters just have a good old time with these characters and just watch the madness on screen because i think it's going to be a special unique kind of uh movie going experience that's pretty much it so i mean so while watching this um and you're not you're not big into like supernatural stuff like like i am uh it reminded me of the three men that went missing over 120 years ago from the scottish island eileen moore uh there was a lighthouse on that three men were on there um someone was supposed to drop off supplies to them uh the supply ship was unable to find them anywhere then investigators came out they found none of them there but what they wound up finding out was journal entries written uh they found that a full meal had been cooked and set for three places but no one ate it and it was all perfectly set up um they found none of their rain slickers or any oh no sorry they found all their rain slickers and what they found out was that there was a storm that possibly may have washed them all away but if they all went outside to make repairs to the lighthouse and stuff during the storm wouldn't they take their, their their slickers with them and stuff like that so it's like this this mystery uh of of these three men that went missing and when i was watching this trailer it made me think of that and like the the big like there's a lot of theories uh, aliens took them uh or one of them went insane <laughs> uh, killed sure, the other sure. two dumped them but their bodies into the water and then jumped in himself and stuff like that uh and then the uh so and then the other one is that they they went mad with like loneliness because you would spend months on this on this moor on this island with a lighthouse and you're exactly. a caretaker of it back and, in the day though there's no cell phone to pop up you know and wi-fi i you know i I, I lied to you a little bit when I said like I'm not intrigued by this movie. I am intrigued by this movie, but I'm not going to go to the theaters to see this movie. This is a perfect Lauren's gone to bed and I've got two more beers exactly. to drink and I'm going to sit alone and watch this movie. And that's when I think we will enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I am... I. I always like stories of people living uh, like like getting stuck inside their own head mm-hmm. because I, as we talked about before, I am a person who spends a lot of time alone at my job. I am by myself for so often that I live inside my own head. And sometimes I don't know how weird I'm fucking being until someone who is from the outside sees me doing some of the shit that I'm doing. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I can see how that would be a little weird from the outside. So like seeing these, these things where like, you know, well, the foes telling him he's like how long have we been here we've been here for five days there's been five weeks there's been five months like how long have we been here and it's like sometimes i think that like when i'm alone so like it really resonates with me a little bit and i'm very curious to check it out because it's it, it seems like it's a very deep psychological fucking thriller yes so yeah and it's a24 and we all know that, that that, that jay's all over this jay's too, been yeah. slobbing the knob of a24 for a long time oh yeah well it's warranted they're cool All right, Jay, let's get into the other trailer. This one is for moi. Lieutenant, sir, why are we here? It's zombies again. Fast ones or slow ones, sir? Slow. Thank God they're slow. Next stop, Pleasant Valley. Having a super fun time on our trip. I want you all in the line in front of me, and away we go. Why are we stopping? There must be something in the way. What is it, Miss Caroline? Are you okay? Yes! Don't be scared. Who remembers how to play tag? Well, those funny looking people out there are it. Oh, 
RJ, this movie is called Little Monsters, and it was a big hit uh, in Sundance. And I it, heard about it. Yeah, and it has some 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 pretty some pretty big stars behind it. Some up and coming stars, I guess you can say. So it's got Lupta Nyong'o from um, Black Panther and Twelve Years a Slave. She was also just recently in Us. It also has Josh Gad in it. Josh Gad plays a washed up musician and Lupta Nyong'o plays a teacher who brings her kids to like this washed up magician's kind of like like camp and stuff so- like that. And I guess like a zombie outbreak occurs and it seems like like it might take place in like i don't know if it's south africa or if it's australia but i'm pretty sure it's south africa that it's taking place in and it's just this this absolutely irreverent bloody comedy yeah zombie comedy and it seems all shot it seems like in one day yeah it looks like stuck in this situation it looks like, like a ton of fun yeah. it looks like so this trailer, I, I went with it and I didn't go with it. Uh, there were some parts of it that I liked and I enjoyed. Some parts I was like, uh, here's the thing for something like sigh. for something like this to come out at this point where like our britches are completely saturated with zombies. Uh, I I think that like it has to have something fresh to it to be getting the praise that it got out of Sundance. It's got to be fresh. That's in true. Some way. That's true. And they're trying. You can tell. Right. I mean, this is not Jim Jeremy's that they don't die. Right. I mean, that's like a whole, like the whole opposite spectrum of the zombie world i actually correct? read like a, a a thing about like jim jaramish's dead don't die and like some of his comments on it where it's like he made that movie purposely so people didn't like it it was like his anti-consumerism movie where it's like it's his anti-movie movie he didn't want people to like it and it's it like sounds like him it's like but you missed the mark <laughs> Why are you making movies and you didn't want anyone to like? Because the fact that you didn't like it shows that you are a that, that you are the problem. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> I guess. But anyway, uh, yeah, Little Monsters. It, it's just it, 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 now the trailer doesn't show you a whole lot, but to see Josh Gad just like telling kids to fuck off, it yeah. like has that guy's Olaf. <laughs> He's a snowman. I like seeing who, who likes, who, likes who likes warm hugs, yeah. and uh, it's like it's like this idea that the zombie outbreak is going on outside, but they have to keep the kids like in their bubble and not let them know about the zombie apocalypse like she's having a conversation with a guy about the zombies and and like how to take care of the kids while there's a lady in the background going up to check on a guy who's being eaten by a zombie and the zombie turns around and eats her and she's like just screaming in the background as the two are are continuing their just normal conversation like nothing's going on and it, it just it just looks like the absolute type of irreverent zombie comedy yeah. that I've been waiting for since Sean Look, Dad. It it could have been it could have been a poorly constructed trailer. I think it, it is. really could have been. I think and it I, is. And, I, and it and I think that's probably what was sour for me. I think it's made I think this trailer's made not to give too much away. I think it's one of the I think it's a proper trailer perhaps, and it doesn't perhaps. want to give a lot of what it is away. It's showing you enough. It you, you know that you know that it's dark comedy you know that there are zombies and you know that josh gad's a fucking asshole in it and you can't wait to see the results of that i will see this in theaters like Um, there's a moment in trail where josh gad bites a zombie and it's like how do you like it oh god why the fuck would i do that (laughs) (laughs) it's like moments like that and also the fuck the the fact that it did have a lot of hype out of sundance makes me feel a little bit more confident going forward with this movie so i will give it a shot dave i will 
And um, yeah, so we had a little one for me, one for you kind of moment with the trailers. And That's now- right. Yeah, we played our Spielberg. Yes. Uh, so, all right, let's get into some of the proper trailers. Let's let's get into The Irishman, which is coming to Netflix. Hello? Hello? Is that Frank? Yes. Hiya, Frank. This is Jimmy Hoffa. Glad to meet you. Glad to meet you, too, even if it's over the phone. Our friend speaks very highly of you. Thank you. Only three people in the world have one of these. And only one of them is Irish. I heard you paint houses. Yes, I do, sir. Where are you going? Going to work. Well, you know, there's a situation going on now, Frank. Big business and the government, they're trying to pull us down. You might be demonstrating a failure to show appreciation. I know things they don't know I know. You can't miss the big picture. All right, Jay. So, The Irishman follows Robert De Niro's character, who is a mob hitman, who is uh, recalling his possible involvement in the killing of Jimmy Hoffa. And it's going to span, you told me it was three different storylines, three different decades. It yeah, seems like, it looks like it's going to be 50s, 60s, age, and 70s. Yeah, right. Like in three different aging yeah. generations kind of thing. So, like, I think two of those are going to be using utilizing the de-aging technology. Now, obviously, this is probably going to be by far the most utilized de-aging technology throughout a whole film. You saw one moment where it like breached the uncanny valley for you, right? The uncanny valley being that that moment where like realism and CGI don't quite blend in in the way that your brain picks it up in the way that it doesn't well, blend. You know what I mean? Like for for us, I know we talked about it. Um, the last shot of the trailer for me it was when Robert De Niro is talking on the phone. Right. He's de-aged. His lip movements to me look a little off. For you, it was mostly that. For me, it was Pesci. Pesci. Pesci's uh, the last line that he gave in the trailer. <laughs> To be fair, Pesci, as, a, as an older guy, has a lot more lines on his face that they have to de-age and hide and stuff like that than De Niro does. Mm. So, uh, you know, um, and this is... There's you know, still time, though. This doesn't come out for another few months, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. This this may be 90% finished uh, for, with their special effects. But I know for a fact Scorsese is aware and wants this to be as perfect as possible. Um, for me, I do believe that. I think... Um, you know, Captain Marvel's Samuel L. Jackson was my favorite uh, de-aging technology. Yeah, it was done well. I thought it was, it was done, done really, well. really well. Very surprised, very impressed by it. But like Dave, you referenced before, I think the the less animated your face gets, the more easier it is for you know the animators to go in and make sure your face, <laughs> you know looks as normal as possible right you don't want any you don't want any big movements you don't want like any you you don't want anything too dramatic to happen to your face you don't want anyone to like scream or or like furrow their brow too much because that's when that's when you breach the uncanny valley that's when uh the human mind starts recognizing that as not a human for me it's always been the two things that always stand out it's the eyes and the mouth. Like I remember in the mouth. Robert Downey Jr., I remember in, in that one short little clip, it was his eyes. His eyes were way too crystal clear. It was almost like looking at it like a fucking doll. Right. 
and and then like other movies like certain the mouths are obviously like right so that's when they got i don't use, want to bring up justice league but god like it was the, the same, worst would be justice league right for right. Henry cavill and it's the same in like rogue one when you see grand moff tarkin yes you know when you see him it's the mouth movements that got me yeah. but then later on it's when you important. see carrie fisher who's who's not de-aged i mean they, they were complete cgi characters they said so it wasn't de-aging technology there it was her eyes that that really got me in that so right um you know but other than that let's like let's get away from, from oh sorry yeah. from the uncanny valley from from this from the cgi you know possible flubs i i think the story in itself you know we won't focus on that too much plus i don't think they're going to spend a lot of time with them at that age they're going to spend more time with them in the second and third uh, you know ages where they're kind of old and middle-aged and stuff sure. like that uh i i you know what i'm not into i understand that this is like the passion project of scorsese we've been waiting for this for like three years or so plus this, yeah and in the end i just like watching this it seems just like another Scorsese movie. Like another, like I know Scorsese back to form, like Goodfellas type Scorsese, but like and Casino. Just another big mob movie. Just another mob movie. Run in the mill type thing. I think I honestly like watching this. I was like, nothing in this is standout to me. Like nothing is standing out to me. Nothing's making me go, you know, what makes this story stand out more than, than, you know, any other type of mob movie that I've gotten before from Scorsese. And seeing that, yeah. and seeing the way that Al Pacino and uh, Robert De Niro have like put themselves in like certain roles over the years, you know, it's made me wonder like where are their acting chops at right now? Are they what they were back in the day, or you know? Have- no, I hear you, but that's actually one of the things that I did take notice. Al Pacino seems to be fucking dialed in. Oh, you're better right. I'm dialed in. I'm dialed into that ass. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna uh, get that nose i'm gonna rub it right in your ass but like you got some really good heavy players man fucking pesci oh so good to see him on the screen again hear his voice again Dude, i'm excited about everybody tell harvey Keitel. yeah i'm, I'm ex- bobby carnavelli i mean you got you got like jack houston's gonna be in this thing. i'm excited Jesse about Clemens. everybody in this except oh. for anna paquin I love Anna Paquin. I man. do not. I do. I'm a sucker for her. So, I mean, I think she's playing Robert De Niro's daughter. So, she's going to definitely have some type of role in this movie. But, like, the production value looks really, really good. It looks like it has a good idea of what it wants to do and what it wants to say. I'm all bored. I'm all, I'm completely on board with this movie. Well, this was one of my top three because, movies. Because you subscribe to Netflix and it's going to be on there and it's no, going to be No, I'm seeing this shit to- in theaters. Oh, uh, you are? I'm going to watch it on Netflix. Oh, in theaters. You, for sure. Yeah, well, I got, I got a big enough TV. and uh, I'll probably know. see it in both, obviously. Yeah. I'll probably see it in theaters and then, like, two days later. I'll probably see it on. I'll, my, I'll watch it at home. I, I, at home yeah. I'm not. I'm not so big on the on that. You need to have the theater experience. Stuff certain experience certain movies. Film. This movie, I think, warrants it for me. Yeah. It's just like I don't know. Like you know, while while watching Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which we'll be reviewing later on, I kept comparing in Hollywood. I'm sorry. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we'll be reviewing later on. I kept comparing uh, DiCaprio's performance to his performance in Wolf of Wall Street. I think he was. I think he was better oh, as Jordan very Belfort. Different. Very. They were, were, were very different roles. One's a completely confident egomaniac. The other one is a completely unconfident egomaniac. So uh, true. <laughs> uh, With a little nervous tick involved, and but I, you know, watching that and then like you know, I, I was seeing like what Scorsese could do, like with different type of stories. I kind of want to see Scorsese continue doing those different type of stories, right? Like, look, this could look at the very same time, dude, this could be a very run of the mill teaser trailer. 
the film as a whole. We just saw that with Quentin Tarantino's film. We'll That's get true. into later. The trailer was, I don't want to say misleading, but to, to me, and I think to a lot of commercial average movie goings, uh, audiences are going to say, that trailer did not look like the movie that I just saw like, right. at all, you know, in some in some way. To me, I call that the it comes at night effect, where like That's people true. were expecting this. this the Americans right. drive. Right. It's people right? were expecting this, this movie to be like an extremely scary movie. You really out. just never know. A24, uh, me and Lauren were like, that looks like a really good horror movie. We go see it. it I is, still liked it. it I, I still liked it, but it was not what people were expecting. I know. And that was when A24 was in their like infancy, so people didn't yeah. really know. That was before things like The Vivich and Hereditary had come out. Right. You know, it was it was pre all that stuff. It was like they're dipping their toe in that water and people weren't ready for it. Now people are going with it, but they weren't ready for it then. The, right. the year before that stuff came out. And I you know I'm watching I'm watching this trailer and maybe another trailer. I understand will come out. where you're coming from though. And I'm just like it's yeah, it's Scorsese, it's mob, it's it's him with it's him with the people that I would expect him to make mob movies with. Right. And it's like, am I am I gonna watch it? Fuck yeah. Have I liked what he's done in the past with these people? Yeah. Am I probably going to like this? Yeah, but is is it gonna give me anything that I really want and need and is it going to give me anything new to this genre? I don't think so. And then also I have That's to wonder, possibly true. I also have to wonder why Netflix. They probably gave him the money. Why didn't any he needed other a lot of money to make this movie? Why didn't any other studio give him this money? <sighs> because it's probably hard because it's be, risky. You know why? Because it's hard to get people our In parents' theaters. age out to see this type of yeah, movie. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Good and point. and I'm not my parents' age, and I'm not going with it just yet. But it's on Netflix, and I have Netflix, so I will watch it. So done. <laughs> so maybe that made a smart bet from Netflix. Right? All right, Jay. Final trailer: Zombie Land Two. Double tap. Double tap. Welcome to Zombie Land. Life is about more than just survival. We were a family, dysfunctional, sure, but what family isn't? My sister is gone. She picked up a boy. He's from Berkeley. Berkeley. You don't have weed, do you? <laughs> do I look like the type of person that would have weed? I'm sorry. Boom. Yeah. I have nothing against hippies. I just want to beat the shit out of them. Start talking. You first. Well, my name's Tallahassee. Oh, my apologies, little Elvis. Okay, is it me, or does, does he kind of remind you of... I don't, I don't like you. At all. all. I think you double parked. <laughs> or more perpendicular parked. Hope we don't get a ticket. What is going on here? All right, Jay. Zombieland 2. Double tap. This time around, we are treated to some pretty generic zombie action to start off with, where they're on the White House lawn, blowing up zombies with a grenade launcher, and then going into the White House, where I guess you could say, like, Woody Harrelson's character has, like, his little Donald Trump moment where he's sitting behind it, and everyone's like, that's a scary thought. He does. Yeah, and uh, that's clearly a, a nod to that. You know, for me, watching this trailer, 
it's doing everything I would expect a comedy sequel that's been 10 years in the making to do. I know. It's hitting however, a lot of the same beats as the original yes, one. To and, some degree. To some degree. And and still going in like new directions and stuff. But it also is doing what every sequel does, where it's like, let's double down on all the stuff that was great last time. Let's double down on Tallahassee being a jackass. Let's double down. Well, at the on, very end of the trailer, it definitely does double you, down. Right. It, like, it literally doubles down it by having Luke Wilson playing another version of Tallahassee yeah. and then having I can never remember his name but he's the guy from uh, Silicon Valley playing yeah, a version I, I of Jesse Eisenberg yeah 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 and but but I can't help it Dave I love this movie I love the original I love the characters I ate it up I understand what you're saying again like I, I get the tropes I understand this is sort of like a weird run in the mill sequel that's like two years too late it's so hard for but, me to get on board with it because I oh, have I not am. had a long awaited sequel that has done well enough for me to go yeah let me see this I'm having the same problem that I had with Top Gun last week so yeah but this trailer was fun and I had yeah, and had some funny zingers it looks like a ball of fun to me and I'm all behind seeing these characters and these actors do it Thomas Middleditch. That's that's okay. a, that's his name uh, from Silicon Valley. Uh, so I don't know, man. I'm just like I'm watching it, and I'm just like, why? Like that? Like like what? I I still love Zombieland. I thought Ruben Fleischer get a, get a great job with it. Emma Ruben- Stone's Oscar <laughs> just right took it over the edge. I just, guess. Uh, also, I like I, I haven't seen Ruben Fleischer do anything that I've liked since the original yeah, Zombieland. That's so that true. also has me worried. Like while sitting here watching, I this. still cannot forgive him for Gangster Squad. Right, fucking that movie up. It's you know it's got Rhett Reese who was a writer behind Deadpool and it it it's got Paul Warnick who who also wrote the screenplay for Deadpool so it's got like it's you know and he also was a producer on on the original Zombieland and stuff so it's got like the right stuff right like everybody's back the creative team who did it before are back yeah but they're ten years older now everybody's ten years older and I'm just not sure if everything's going to be firing on all cylinders, right? Like, first off, I'm not crazy about the story. Like, they have to go after and and get... Uh, yeah, the Abigail Breslin Abigail character. Breslin, who meets a guy from Berkeley who's, like, a hippie. And, you know, Tallahassee just won't stand for that. He, he you know, he doesn't hate hippies, but he loves beating the shit out of them. Like, it's, it's like, that's a dumb joke. It's not yeah, a funny joke. It, it's it's a little weird. It's a little... It's, it's, it's not the greatest um, story point to push the movie along. However... I can't. I t- I'm telling you, man, this is just like it's right up my alley. I'm all behind it. I'm behind this movie. I'm gonna have fun with it. I like seeing the characters on screen again. It looks like fun. Look, when by the time it comes out, I may eat my crow. Right? I may wind up loving this, and you know, people will point that this episode at where I was like, I'm not that excited for it. I don't think it looks great. And everyone's like, Oh, you said it didn't look great. Now you loved it. I hope that happens. I really do. But watching this trailer, it does nothing for me. You know, okay. the the ACDC yeah. the the ACDC soundtrack, you know, the the over the top action that they're showing me, the lackluster comedy that they're showing me just makes me feel like I'm in for a ho hum ride. Not going to argue with not, man. I get it. Not worth the it. 10 year wait. Not worth the 10 year wait. And uh, you know, and I got to wonder like why now? And then I was like, "Oh, I know why. Cuz Sony's not that profitable." <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Yeah. So, uh that's going to do it for our trailer park segment. Uh if there were any anything about these trailers about these movies that we didn't mention that you think we should know, reach out to us on Twitter and on Facebook. Jay, it's getting awfully hot up in here. Wouldn't you like to get yourself a cold drink? Oh, uh, yes, please. All right, let's head over. Let's get into our beer segment.
Welcome back to the beer segment. Me and Jay got two beers that we are going to be reviewing for you. But before we do that, i got to drop a line to our sponsor, Blowfish. Blowfish is the only FDA-approved hangover cure. What it is, two tabs that you drop into 8 to 12 ounces of water. You drink that down, and your hangover starts to feel better immediately. So if you had a birthday this past week that brought you right into your mid-30s and you were feeling just a little bit depressed and you drank a little bit too much while playing video games, <laughs> while playing retro video games at that, then you are going to want to reach yourself some blowfish so that you can get through the next day. Check out Blowfish by heading over to 4hangovers.com. Use our promo code SMBFISH and get your 15% off. Super Movie Brothers is also brought to you by the Podcoin app. The Podcoin app is a podcasting app that you can download on iOS or Android. It's just like any other podcasting app, except you get to earn extra points for every minute you listen to a podcast. Those points can be converted into getting you some gift cards, or you could be a true humanitarian and donate those points and podcoin will donate them to the charity of your choice awesome so head over to ios or android and download podcoin to start listening to your podcast today and earn a little bit extra for all that hardcore podcast listening all right jay you got a beer that you're gonna be reviewing for us this is an odd one because we've never done this brewery on this podcast before this is true i have Budweiser. <laughs> Budweiser. <laughs> Budweiser Copper Lager. Now, this is aged in real barrel staves from Jim Beam. Okay. And it does have an interesting kind of marriage of different flavors. It's, what's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a what's up beer. I'll what's tell It's a little stronger than a normal Bud. It's 6.2. Yo, Donnie, pick up the phone. What's <laughs> One of the best commercials ever. Was it? Uh, it was legendary it, for the it time. Was, it was legendary. Late nineties. Right? I remember Come like on. seeing it like the on, on that first Everybody Super Bowl. In school was doing right. it. <laughs> like I remember seeing that first Super Bowl and being like, all right. And then like three weeks later, when you've seen it for like the seven hundredth time, oh, you're just like, you're done. Fuck with my it. fucking life. You're I mean, done with it. You, you want to take a ball peen hammer and just smash it through your auditory sensory of your brain so you don't have to hear it anymore. But I just rewatched it like three months ago. Yeah. For the first time in like forever. And it was so funny and so weird too. Cause like just the, how dated it felt still. Yeah. Oh, it's very dated. But how you, you get how catchy it was and how much fun it was. Cause there's nothing like that before. Cause we're just dumb apes who love laughing at stupid things. That's, that was that's the, what it comes but down to. That was to. also the time of like marketing, right? That right. was like really punchy. It was commercials, you know? It was yeah. really inventive. At Absolutely. That time. So, so anyway, how does, uh, how does Budweiser Budweiser it's, stack up this time? It stacks up pretty well. It's an interesting yeah. kind of marriage. It's a little extra too sweet, believe it or not, for me. Um, it's got a lot of vanilla notes, and it's relatively smooth. Well, but bourbon's sweet. It does have that. As far as whiskey goes, like like right. scotch drinkers don't like bourbon because it's too sweet. Right. That's true. And and it does, it definitely has those kind of notes, those little, little bit oakiness hints to it. But ultimately, you can still tell it is a Budweiser. You know, it doesn't have that craft kind of taste to it, but it does have craft behind it. Yeah. It's not bad. It's really not a bad beer at all. See, um, I think those notes you're talking about, I think they complement the barrel aging pretty well, actually. Yeah. Uh, so I like it. I'm giving it a solid grade. I'm going to get a uh, probably a 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, it still has that still has that little bit of like a pissy taste, right? Yeah, it's there's something there. It's still there. Still got that bud. Yeah. <laughs> That bud taste. Fair enough. Well, lingering they, behind. They are used. They, they're still using the same. The same it's yeast. Cool. They're still using the same yeast yeah. strain for it. Yeah, so it's got these fun little old school bottles. So you know, 
All right, and I am drinking the Lost Coast Brewing Company out of Eureka, California. This is their Indica IPA, 6.5% alcohol by volume. And to be honest with you, this is a pretty standard West Coast IPA. Like, I mean, it's just, it's super solid. Mm. It's 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 just fine. Okay. It's just, it's the once upon a time. Very serviceable. It's the once upon a time of IPA careers. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not bad. It's serviceable. I would drink a few more of these. Would I seek it out again? Not really, though. No. No, it does have that. It does but have in that. a pinch. In a pinch. It works for a six pack. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I, it has that nice dry, you know, fresh hopped taste up front, that dry hop taste up front, very little like citrus flavoring and stuff like that. So it's not, it's, okay. it's not crazy sweet, not crazy juicy. And it is nice and bitter on the back end. It is pretty full bodied, well balanced. Uh, I just got to say like, you know, it, it doesn't, it lacks that flavor of like something that goes, makes you go, wow. Like, yeah, no, like right. that, that's good. Like, you know, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really pack it in. So now. you'll be stepping these a little slower. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. a 3.5, man. It's real solid. It's nice. It's gotcha. not bad. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's not Man, I'm not going to kick it out of bed for eating crackers. But I hear you. I'm not. I'm not going to call it next week. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, unless I'm drunk at 2 a.m. and I'm going exactly. like, hey, hey, no, I feel you. Hey, Indica IPA. You want to come over? <laughs> Watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just so wired up. I you know I just can't fall asleep. <laughs> I just want to cuddle. <laughs> All right, right, Jay, let's head over and let's get into our review for Quentin Tarantino's ninth film and apparently his penultimate one might be, you know, or if other rumors are to be believed, possibly his last, (laughs) which is another thing, another rumor that's going around. So let's go over. Let's review Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, I'm a stuntman. Look at me. So you still with Rick, huh? Still here. You can do anything you want to him. I hired you to be an actor, Rick. Not a TV cowboy. You're better than that. Cut! Embarrass yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. All right, what's the matter, partner? official old buddy well, has been once upon a time in hollywood is the story of rick dalton washed up tv star trying to stay relevant uh and his best bud cliff who just seems to be along for the ride and is definitely the character that you want to know more about and definitely care about a whole lot more but they just get dick teased with the entire time especially when brad pitt takes off that shirt when he pops that shirt off you're yeah. just like i want to know more about you immediately cliff yeah. <laughs> tell me everything tell me everything you're 50 this year couldn't have <laughs> D- didn't even know didn't even know (laughs) and it will follow a mostly mute margot robbie in her role as the up-and-coming starlet sharon tate who will be our our viewpoint into into the new world of hollywood the star on the rise as we're watching rick dalton's star just fade that's my synopsis that's 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 perfectly accurate yeah right oh did i mention there's manson family stuff in this too there's some esque sort of other shit a lot of the shit we're gonna have to save for we're gonna have to save for the spoiler section in this the majority of this section will be in the spoilers but you know we will definitely give our first impressions in the upfront and give our reactions and rating and all that fun stuff and we'll deep 
deep dive into the spoilers. So I saw this two and a half hour long movie. Two hours. 41 minutes, I think. Two hours, 37 minutes, I think is what it yeah, is. Yeah, something like that. Something along those lines. Uh, so I went and saw it last night. Me and Lauren went to like a later showing sometime around like nine o'clock. Um, now that's when I say later, <laughs> that's late for everybody who, you know, just had their 33rd birthday. <laughs> like right. I did. Uh, now I'm able to stay up late. Lauren, not so much. Like she can't, she can't hack it. Past 10 o'clock, the eyes start getting, start, start getting a little I hear sleepy. You. And then the underpants gnomes come out and start taking and there's parts of this movie that drag so 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 she she fell asleep right around the time where mike moe's bruce lee shows up i want to say is like where she missed a great part though is where she starts dipping she comes back strong for a little bit just before the beginning of the third act and then missed pretty much the entire ending i had to fill her in tonight on what the ending was uh lauren is always like my litmus test for average viewer now i lauren's honestly an above average you know movie viewer she goes as often as I do to the movie theaters uh, so your average one your average person doesn't go out sure. all that often but you know when I see her getting bored with something when uh, you know I, I take a look around and I'm like I bet you there's a lot of other people who are just as bored as she is right so um, I did hear a couple of reactions from some people that saw it hated it flat out just said they hated it and, okay. and, they, and, and of course they liked the very end and we'll get into that in spoiler section but it goes both ways you either go with it or you don't some people like the ending because it might be more so, Tarantino-esque in so, history. So perhaps, do you think that you and I go with it more because we know what to expect from Tarantino? We kind of like just trust the does, process. It does help. And we're waiting for it. But her. also that we are movie buffs as well. And we know a little bit more history than the average moviegoers. I think so, with the knowledge of Hollywood and Hollywood actors back in the Western era and those kind of spinoff shows and those little things and, and the so dying star rising star right. dynamic. So that's, that, that's one of the things that, that I, I would take away as, as a big negative if I wasn't, who I am, so like, sure. uh, you know, this, oh, oh, I'm sorry, but you also have to know about the Manson family stuff, right? So, like, if you are like a modern age person, I know, and don't know anything about it. I'm the perfect storm. I love true crime, yeah. So I know all about, I know all about right. Charlie Manson and the Manson family and the Sharon Tate murder and stuff like that. And I, I also grew up watching 1950s television with my grandmother, 1960s cowboy movies with my father and stuff like that. So I can very much like look at Rick Dalton and understand who he is. Right? Sure. He's a Robert Mitchell. You know, he's he's you know, he's this aging he's this aging star who has to stay relevant. And he was and he was never a big star. He's he's this middle of the row star. He's a recognizable face. He's a Timothy Oliphant. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. And he just stays, you know, he's just stayed steady in his career as it's slowly tapered down. But when you're watching this movie that is so much about the yesteryear of Hollywood, if you aren't anybody who has any type of tie to that at all, if if you're not getting a lot of these pop culture references that are being put in there, that that Quentin Tarantino painstakingly recreated the oh, way did. 1960s LA looked on the street, and he wanted to show you... But by wasting five to ten minutes of your time watching Cliff drive around yeah. L.A. for 15, 20 minutes at a time, it felt like, you know, where no words are being said. Awesome soundtrack, but he's just driving on on the L.A. freeways, going past and, all this stuff. Now, right, and that's so much like pornographically just showing the shops but it's very like just in the backdrop right. I would but love, it's all real it's all practical I would love to know like what our friends Justin and Chrissy uh, you know they live out they live out in LA mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they host a So I Married a Movie Geek podcast check it out great friends of ours uh, but 
I wonder like them watching this, like, is it cool for them? Like, like people who live in LA, is this kind of cool for them to see like the way LA used to look back in the sixties, especially if you grew up there and stuff, you've seen this stuff change over sure. time. So it's like, is that, is that core for Quentin? I guess it is. And that's something that Quentin Tarantino has always been. He's always been like a passion project type guy. Yeah. And this is a big passion of his. The fact is that the general audience doesn't go with this passion. You know, the general audience can go with a cult film like Django and like Inglorious Bastards, and they can go with crime noir films like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, but they, they're not going to go with the pop culture nostalgia fest that this was if they're not familiar with the pop culture nostalgia fest that it is. And I think the trailer is misleading. It is 100% it's misleading. a lot of fun and kind of seems commercial and energetic, and at times it is, but not so much. This is a whole different kind of picture than the trailer well, leads as far be- as like tonal wise especially and the way story to be fair develops to be throughout fair. The film. Yes. okay uh cliff is really the only energy in the movie cliff brings the energy uh brad pitt's character of, of and an of air cliff, of confidence of cliff and, Booth. and sure of himself right but he is the energy while rick dalton is who's played by leonardo caprio is is this uh he's battling himself. he's this unhinged yeah. egomaniac yeah. that is that that is slowly coming to the realization that he is a has has been i mean the movie starts with you finding out that he he now has the full realization that he is a has been yes but then as we go through the movie he keeps clinging to the side of the stardom cliff hoping that he doesn't fall off and there's something that is both intriguing about that weakness in that character where where you actually feel bad for him almost like you ran over a baby bunny and you broke its back legs and it's still alive and you want it to live but you know you're going to smash it with a shovel that's rick dalton in this movie Very accurate, <laughs> uh, but yes. Cliff, Cliff, like you, you get you get very little backstory on him. But what you do get sounds extremely interesting, sounds intriguing. He's this confident guy, but he has nothing. He's the exact opposite of Rick Dalton, but he has every reason to be just as mad at Rick Dalton at at, at, at being in the position that he is. But he's not because that's not who he is as a character. Right. But we don't get the, we we don't get to know that about him. We don't get to understand him better. We get to learn little things like you know uh, he spent a little two bit we- of baggage. He spent two weeks on a chain gang in Houston for punching a cop. I'd like to know more about that. Sure. You're not gonna you know there's that they keep dropping hints that he may have murdered somebody in the past, and you get a brief glimpse of a glimpse of that, very brief, but no answer, but no answer to it. Uh, there you know, and they talk about they even show him going toe-to-toe with bruce lee not a spoiler because that is in the trailer yes um and you get no real resolution to that either there are a lot of that in this movie yeah and it i, I understand not the just reason. with his character there's there's two there's two reasons for that the reason for that is both a rick dalton and booth are not real characters from hollywood history where everyone else around them is so their interactions with them can only go so far right mm-hmm. um if there's a resolution to him versus bruce lee then no one would remember bruce lee for anything <laughs> they would be like remember, you, remember that stunt guy who beat the shit out of bruce and, lee and you know? let's 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 just put this out there too there may be some real elements you would think thrown into this movie yeah not really. let's just say not so much not so it's much. mostly uh, it is a pretty much 100 percent a fairy tale it is a once upon a time well, story that's something i wanted to get into because i actually watched an interview with quentin tarantino today and it wasn't about this it was about inglorious bastards but okay. he was talking because i see a lot of parallels between this and inglorious bastards and we'll get into that in spoilers um but where, where he's like you know people can call it a fairy tale people can call it a fantasy if they want and and and, and they're not wrong for calling it that however that's not the way he sees it the way he sees it is that 
his characters exist in his world. And if his characters existed in our world, this is the way our history would have gone. Which to me, I was like, that is the most megalomaniacal like comment I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and it, it's in a way it's true, but like, you know, he's saying that that almost it now, this is me reading between the lines, so I may be wrong, okay. people quitting defenders. But the way I see it is that like if his characters existed, this is the way history would have gone, right? That's that that that's what he's saying. Okay. But your characters don't exist, and and you don't control the world. It's almost like he sees himself as like a, a puppet, puppet master, master right, of the right. world, or yeah. it's like yeah, or at least of his world and his movies. Exactly, and to me, which to some degree is true. To me, that's but, like that is a fantasy, but to him, it's not a fantasy. And I was like, holy shit! It dude. just shows how fucked up he is. <laughs> he, is <laughs> he is pure ego. I mean, I love uh, his, yeah. I love his movies, but he is pure ego. The, the the co-stars, like I've watched a few interviews. Um, they didn't do too too many, believe it or not, but. All four of them on the couch: Quentin, Margot, Brad, Leo, and they're referencing. They're 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 calling him Tarantino. You know, they're not even using his like first name. It's like, oh, when you you know when when Tarantino's doing this, and when Tarantino's doing that, or and then like Brad Pitt jokingly like set uh, <laughs> set him up for to answer one of the questions that was kind of led pushed towards the stars. But they know that Quentin's mouth does not shut up. It doesn't. And stop. actors don't like to impress at all normally, so they just kind of. Quentin, why don't you tell them uh, what what you did over oh, there? Oh, sure, blah, sure. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. so, so, so this is what we did. And, 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 and. Exactly. <laughs> He's it's so kind of funny. But. Yeah. So, I mean, in the end, what this what I took away from this film was, A, it's gorgeously shot. I absolutely yes. drink up every, 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 every ounce of this movie. So that's bar none. You know, when you're getting Quentin Tarantino, you know you're at least getting gorgeous, you know, since... Uh, Production design, production, values, cinematography, and cinematography. Like that. you know, bringing 1960s Hollywood back to life. Gorgeous. I love music it. was pretty music, solid. Music always solid yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but character wise, other than Rick Dalton, you really don't get development of any other character. Uh, and you, you get, a, you get a good, you, you get great performance from Leonardo DiCaprio. You get a great performance from Brad Pitt. No one else in this movie has, uh, has a second to shine, even though they're all in the movie. None of them have a moment to shine. And Margot Robbie may have a good 20 to 25 minutes of screen time. I would say maybe pr- probably let's be conservative. Let's say 15 to 20 minutes of screen time, right? Six lines and stuff like that. Uh, we, we know that because she's playing Sharon Tate, we're supposed to already have this connection to her. So we don't need a lot of her story i did i did because i understand that she's this allegory for the rising star and stuff like that but without the age of innocence and a different kind of right but without me seeing her 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 view of hollywood juxtaposed to how rick dalton is now seeing hollywood i'm kind of left just to put her up on a pedestal like the rest of them did and for me it kind of takes away from from even having margot robbie in the film it was mishandled it was mishandled i think so yeah uh i was a little surprised that she actually agreed to even do this and i think she she did take convincing yeah because i know she was in talks for a long time. I remember. I mean, and she didn't agree for real talk about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, when, when he had a little bit of heat for about his like mistreatment, yes. mistreatment of women on, on the screen and stuff like that, I fully expected him to go whole ham into this and kind of have like a female empowerment type movie. Uh, I was fully and, expecting and something like that. It did not happen. It didn't happen. No, but I was fully expecting that. And so was here. I in some way. But we'll 
maybe get into that a little later. But but let's face it, he did do Kill Bill, and that is you know I guess well that's true that is revenge porn if if anything. But still, there is a, a, a strong female character in there. Anyway, uh, that the, so that's one of my big takeaways from it. And that and and it's bloated. Like I said, there is there extremely at least twenty minutes could have been cut. There are so many moments in this film where. I just don't understand why we're spending so much time. Spawn Ranch, for for one thing, when they go to this old, this this broken down old movie ranch, they spend a long time there, and it does it does nothing for developing Booth's character. Nothing. Uh, it, Absolutely. All it nothing, does dude. is 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 it builds up the threats of what the Manson family is a little bit, but. Yeah, it, but not really. You know what I mean? Like it, it but, served almost no purpose in the film whatsoever, as far as I'm concerned. I understand there's a lot of people who now, granted, to Tarantino, maybe to other people, this serves the purpose of this is what happens when old Hollywood is dying. You know, big places like Spawn Ranch, when you're not filming a bunch of westerns anymore, they start to rot out, they start to die. And they well, become, I'm sure that's true in some degree. They but, become festered with rats, as we see when he goes inside the house. Yes, there's rats everywhere yes. and stuff. So, I look that. <sighs> To me, this was a disappointment. This movie was one of my most anticipated movies of the year, hundred percent, top two or three, I think. Um, and it, it, it definitely, I was not. I'm not terribly um, disappointed. I was not too happy with it. I do want to see it one more time in theaters. I do. Leaving the theater initially, I didn't think I wanted to. Right. I didn't think I needed to. But I, I still feel like I, I do deserve to give it another go around. Um, you, you do deserve it, Jay. You deserve I, it. I, and, and, and Quinn you deserve deserves everything it, right? you get. Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, I wasn't that disappointed because you put the Quentin on the pedestal. I don't put the Quentin on the pedestal that much, but you put the Muling you know, Quentin on a pedestal a little bit more than I do. Uh, I really enjoy Quentin Tarantino films. Uh, yeah. I have I have my favorite ones. My favorite ones are not what other people's favorite ones are. That's how I know I don't love Quentin Tarantino as much as other people because my favorite ones are different than other people's. Mm. But um, <laughs> my favorite are still Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, and Death Proof. Death Proof. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, other people love Pulp Fiction and all this stuff. I, those are my favorites, the pulpy ones, the 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 the, the culty ones, like the ones that pay homage to cult film. Anyway, um, for this, when I was watching it, I you know I, I took the ride. I got bored uh, in the middle. I really enjoyed the acting, but you know when it got to the end, the end which I can't spoil here, but the end is the whole, I mean, it's really the only thing we, we can't spoil is the end. Um, it, it raised it uh, another octave for me. It just, it just raised it up to like a level to where I was at one letter grade. And then I was like, Nope, nah, it deserves more than that. Cause they had the balls to go here, but nah, it definitely did not do that for me though. <laughs> it kept me mixed. In, in different ways, okay. like, I, I will get into I'll, later. I mean, but like, it's a big tonal shift. It's a big hundred percent, definitely, absolutely. But for someone but, like me who enjoys the Inglorious Bastards, the Django Unchained, and the I, Death Proof, I hear you. It was I the it you. was the turn I wanted the movie I, to make. I get that. Uh, Forty five minutes sooner, right? It's the tone that I wanted it and to make. But it's a you know a one eighty turn from the rest of the tone that of the is. movies. All right. Uh, so Jay, other than uh, you know, other than Leonardo DiCaprio, who had a fantastic performance uh brad pitt who had a fantastic performance as well who who else in the film like really stood out to you in some way oh uh, that actually stood out i yeah. mean the little girl that was acting with leo i thought she was an interesting little find um so it's funny julia butters yeah, she played Ju- trudy and she so, was a she was a nice little um, me and lauren actually, 
back and forth with him. Me and Lauren actually watch a sitcom with her uh, called American Housewife that is on ABC, and she's fantastic. She's like our favorite character in that. So yeah. seeing her here and having that real nice rat a tat, and she's she's incredibly cute, charming, and again also a, a big ego. Yeah. You know, I I but really again, liked her but character. The, there were so many cameos, so many small little bits and roles that like big actors. I guess they just didn't care. They just like just put me in the movie and do I'll do anything. I like Timothy Oliphant in it. I didn't think he stood out. I didn't think no, he, he definitely did not stand out. But he was solid. He Here's was who solid. shined for me: Mike Mo. Mike Mo. Oh yes, Bruce Lee. of course. <laughs> Playing Bruce Lee, our, our, our good friend, the artist formerly known as the Italian. I heard some blowback saying that they, like they thought it was over the top and cartoonish. Really, I thought his, I loved it. I thought his I impersonation thought it was, was pretty spot on. Not I the, liked it a lot. Not to mention in this quote unquote well, fantasy, but but Hollywood. also he's interacting with just strictly stunt doubles, right? So they all have that kind of like macho ego. Probably it was also of like one of my favorite lines in the movie. Yeah. My hands are registered as deadly weapons so if we were to fight and i would accidentally kill you i would go to jail <laughs> anyone who accidentally kills someone during a fight goes to jail it's called oh, manslaughter man <laughs> <laughs> their I fight love- was great their <laughs> fight was, was great was good and uh, a nice little cameo from zoe bell the yeah. longtime uh stunt coordinator but i really thought mike mo stood out i know people may have thought yeah. it was cartoonish but in this fantasy world of hollywood i like i like this yeah. amped up version of bruce lee this this little bit this little bit more of an ego on bruce lee uh i really liked it and yeah, I, I I thought that 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 was a standout moment for me in the film. But and there was even like like even like the guy who played Roman Polanski, like he was so pointless in this movie. Like yeah. why even give him a single shot? They even did that. I couldn't believe they actually showed a wasted a whole uh, twenty five seconds on a shot with him and a dog. It's like what? He had no service in this picture whatsoever, other than drive Sharon Tate around. <laughs> other than to be the thing that Rick Dalton's putting on a pedestal, getting in that, with Roman okay, Polanski. I, all right, I I get you on that. I get you on that. Let's, okay. All right. Jay, what's your score? B minus. B minus. All right. I'm a B plus, so we're not too far off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This was a very hard for me to grade. I was all over the place trying to figure out exactly how to grade this because it is a lot to chew. There's a lot of stuff that I loved in this movie. Mostly, it was just moments and scenes and acting and bits and like ideas and like you know some creativity with some things that was kind of cool to see. Hey, our boy Al Pacino but, was pretty good in the beginning. Yeah, it was oh. fun. It was fun. Oh, all of that shooting. Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton. I love Rick Fourteen fists oh. of McCluskey. Oh, I love that shooting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was funny. Second time we got to talk about Al Pacino tonight. It's a good night. It's a good great ass. <laughs> anyway, all right, Jay. Let's get into the spoilers. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right, Jay. So big. Big time spoiler for this movie is the fact that instead of Sharon Tate being murdered, it, mm. it, the Manson family decides that they, instead of killing Sharon Tate, the, the the symbol of everything that is wrong with New Hollywood, and they live in their former, in Charlie's former friend's house and stuff like that, instead of going and killing them, let's go kill Rick Dalton, because he represents the Hollywood that tur- that taught him that them how to kill. I guess. But, but they didn't even say that in the yeah, movie. They yeah, they did. Uh, the, the the girl in the backseat, she says that, that they we- They kept sh- saying about like the fucking address. No, no, no. The, the reason that they went after him was because she said, we should kill the people oh, who taught us how to I'm kill. Because they all grew up yeah. watching Bounty yes, Law. Yes, yes, yes. So that's and they where got they the learned. idea. So they're going to do that first and then go to Sharon T. Right. Afterwards. So 
Uh, like, uh, but I love the fact that like Rick Dalton comes out there drunk and he has yeah. another hissy fit, like his third in the movie, <laughs> his third like little hissy fit. And he, you get off that street. This is a private street. He's, he's, he's finally able <laughs> to confront hippies. the hippies. Yeah, fucking hippies. I was waiting for that the whole movie. <laughs> the entire end of the movie is a complete Chekhov's gag payoff, right? Like right. we f- first off, we we find out in Act Two that Brad Pitt bought this acid cigarette off of the hippies, yes. and he smokes it as he takes Randy, his dog, on off for a walk. Uh, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, when he's feeding Randy the dog, they really make you think when he grabs two cans out that one of that he's in such dire straits that one of those cans is for Randy and the other can is for him. <laughs> but he doesn't eat it. But after he's on acid, he does eat it. <laughs> so, really, at least he tries he, it. Really, he looks like, yeah, uh, <laughs> and then in the beginning of the film, we we see one of Rick Dalton's old pictures, the 14 fists of McCluskey, where he played a uh, a United States soldier who got 14 men together to take on Nazis. And the scene we got was, you know, burn you Nazi bastards. <laughs> the flamethrower still works. I hope you like fried sauerkraut. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that also comes into play as they they run into as they run into them. Yeah. Now he is high off of his ass, which is one of the funniest things in the movie. It's really where Quentin Tarantino lets the comedy bones that he has shine, where in other movies he peppers the comedy in throughout. This one, it's almost like he saved those comedic moments all for the end. All and for definitely all for Cliff all and for the dog. Cliff. No, he's the only one that had comedic moments throughout, unless you were laughing at Rick Dalton's pain at how much of a baby he is over it, which is there, also there comical. A couple in chuckles. Itself. There's a couple yeah. chuckles with that. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean what what transpires here is, you know, when when Cliff basically six randy on them and he beats the shit out of people like he, he grabs a woman by the hair and smashes her face into different objects and walls around like the 20 house 20 times yeah like yeah. no lo- like at least no less than 14 <laughs> like, and she's dead he stomps on someone's face turning like just exploding their skull and then of course when when the final girl goes and lands in the pool and rick dalton's all freaked out and she's firing the gun in the air he yeah, goes off to his, he fucks yeah. off to his shed and he's off screen for about five seconds and then he just comes back on screen and everybody in my theater was just like cheering was just like, yes, as he comes out with the flamethrower and he burns her to death right there. And, you know, Tarantino can sit there and say as much as he wants that this isn't a fantasy that if his characters existed, this would happen. This is a fantasy like, you know, stopping the yes. Sharon Tate murders and stuff like that. But of course, Rick and Dalton gets what he wants. Look, and, and look, you could say like, oh, he's doing it against women. Well, technically, the three people that invaded the house. No, no, no. It's not against one women. male. It's not against women. Females, right? Home invasion. I say there's no such thing as a fair fight <laughs> when, when, when life is on the line. So, sure. uh, but Rick Dalton ultimately gets what he talked about in the beginning of the film when he said, you know, I'm one, I'm one cookout away from, from, from my comeback because Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate can have a cookout and I could be invited over because yeah. I'm their, I'm their yeah. next door neighbor and they may like me and they may put me in films and stuff like that. He gets his invite after it's Emil Hirsch, right? Yeah. It's it, actually, and I didn't even realize that until like, yeah, they, they make him look like a little boy. Yeah, I know. And he's, he's not a little boy. He's kind of aging out a little yeah, bit. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's our age. He's our, I don't know what happened to him. He kind of fell off the face of the earth for a little while, but he, he was, but he played, he played Sharon Tate's former lover, current best character, for current best friend yeah Yeah. uh and he invites rick dalton into the polanski residence and introduces him to sharon tate so now he's he he and and nope i guess there maybe it was a pun intended he's got his foot in the door yes 
yes. to his comeback. He may not and have to lose And once again, just house. shows the uh, openness and the kindness and the warmth of Sharon Tate and, and how she was that, you know, everybody around her always said she was like, she picked up a random hippie on the side of the road, right. gave her a drive, you know, very nice lady. And and here, so after watching this, here's why I went and watched Inglorious Bastards afterwards, right? Because this is the... Like just like that, this is a change in history. Something, something that is a known event that happened in our world transpires differently in Tarantino's film. Same way that you know, kind of it did in Inglorious Bastards, right? We know the Fuhrer didn't die, Hitler didn't die that way, but the bastards killed him that way, and right. it was it was American wish fulfillment, and it was fun, and it was bloody, and it was gory. It was it was very it's very culty and stuff like that. We loved it, but when it happens here, it's completely juxtaposed to the rest of the story where. It fit the for, whole thing. It fit for the world of Inglorious Bastards because that's the way Inglorious Bastards set itself up. And it's up. war, and it yeah. did set it up too, right? But I mean, but I mean, just ju- just the way we're introduced to Aldo the Apache and yes. the rest of the bastards. You know, yes. when when, he, when he's talking to that guy and he's like, hey, Werner, I'm going to ask you one last goddamn time. If you still respectfully refuse, I'm calling the bear you over. He's going to take that big bat of his, and he's going to beat your ass to death with it. I'll take your wiener schnitzel licking finger and point out on this map what I want to know. Fuck you. And your Jew dogs. <laughs> Actually, we're all tickled to hear you say that. Quite frankly, watching Donnie beat Nazis to death is close we ever get to going to the movies. Donnie! Yeah? God's German here wants to die for country. Oblige him. <laughs> like, they set you up in that movie from the beginning that this is the type of movie you're watching. But here in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that setup isn't there. In the first and second act, they, they reserve it for, for the second half of the third act and give you all of it there. Yeah. And it feels, and which is why when you're watching, you're like, this is weird. It feels too comical. It doesn't fit with the rest of the tone of the film. And I agree with you. However, it was better than the rest of the film that I had seen up to that point. So fuck it. I'll take what I can get. I can't. I'm so mixed on it because also the fact that like I actually wanted to see and semi-predicted, I was hoping to see them go into Sharon Tate's house, and Sharon Tate has her own revenge and fucking kills them. Right, because they were herself. showing her training with Bruce Lee earlier on in the movie when she was right. doing Wrecking Crew. Right. They showed her training. Bruce Lee was apparently her, her stunt coordinator And better for that yet, movie. and she was pregnant in real life right. at the time when she died, um, and in, even in, in this movie as well. And that would have been even more of like almost like a cool thing. A pregnant woman, you know, she's just kicking ass, blah, blah, blah. And that baby grew up to be the bride. And they still... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It would have worked, right? It would have worked. But like, you could have had... Rick Dalton there. You could have had Cliff. You could have had, you know, Emilia Hirsch's character still help out. Whatever. There's something that could have been done there. And I think it would have been better yeah, serviced for Sharon Tate's character. But this is a big problem that I have. You're reviewing what, like, you're reviewing your own Tarantino what if, I didn't right? like a lot of Quentin's choices, the way he wrote this movie. Right, I but you're reviewing not, the movie that you saw, not 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 what you wish happened, right? Like, no, I'm definitely... You're not rewriting it. No, 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 no I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I, I, I hear you, but, like, no, I'm completely saying that, like, I there's a, so many of these moments and choices that Quentin wrote in his own film you, you're that like, I think we're wrong. You're, you're like one of the you're like one of the guys who like gets all upset that like they change Star Wars. Like, like you're one of those guys right now. Except instead of Star Wars, it's Quentin Tarantino. You're getting that way. Not really, because yeah. this is a fantasy. You know, like when when, when I just Ale- didn't like the way you the, wrote last, the movie. When the Last Jedi came out, everyone's like, oh, they should have done this. They should have done this. This should have. This would have made more sense. That would have been a bigger payoff. Not even just that. <laughs> the whole the, the whole 
whole first part of the third act was pointless it's in the, Italy. Jay, I'm just I'm just reveling the, the fact it's the first time pointless. I get this. There's it's, lots of stuff. It's the first time I'm getting to see you nerd rage over something. <laughs> it's the first time I'm okay. getting to see you get upset, you know, over something because you actually care about this. That's, I, I did. That's man. me with everything I digest. <laughs> You know, I got. Well, yeah, and to be honest, you know, and, and I guess because you get mad when the creator you put all your trust in fucks you, and it sucked. I uh, I didn't put that. You know, I, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm fine with it because I, I I didn't put the I still give it a B minus. I didn't put the Quint. I didn't put the Quentin on a pedestal, but you did. I and, did. Right. I did. And now and now he's fallen. And now <laughs> now you're upset. I just can't trust them. Now you're going to take your ball and you're going to go home. That's that's what's going on. Right. All right, Jay, before we sign off and before we end this episode, uh, there was one line in the movie that like I just truly, really enjoyed. And I immediately thought of you when, when they said this line. Uh, you know, Kurt Russell is doing his voiceover as they're coming back from Italy. And Rick Dalton had just gotten married. And he says, you know, a little bit more than a brother, a little bit less than a wife. When two guys reach the end of the line the only thing to do is get a good drunk to say goodbye and i was like that's i that, know I, I absolutely loved that line i love the did way too. <laughs> and and it it was probably the most you know perfect line i i heard in the whole movie almost yeah. because it just it really hit home it stuck with me and it i really was like stuck with me too. i was like yeah you know what like that's that's that is the way two good old friends yes. like say goodbye they don't say goodbye by having a heartfelt goodbye right. and tears and stuff like that because it's not like truly the end but they know that they're not gonna have enough time for each other anymore so they exactly. just they just get a good drunk on that's what me and you need to do jay we just need to go get a good drunk on sometime and we don't really <laughs> we much. don't i mean no, we, we, not anymore we, we drink and record but like yeah we used to back you're in my, the day but you're you're my cliff <laughs> minus the punches like being thrown <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, and uh, but no, I, I can relate to that because there are there have been like old friends, and actually more not just goodbye drunks, but like you go out and you get a good drunk with like a reunion, like you get together, you haven't seen each other in a few years, I just had one like a month ago or so, and then you know something like that, it goes a long way, it makes you feel okay, right? Because right? it's like yeah. There's some, you may not see them for five some, more years. Right. But there's a lot of comfort in that. Right. You know, ex- excitement, satisfaction. You had a great time, great night, rehashing old memories, making new ones maybe, and just you feel okay. Just celebrating your friendship you by, by destroying right. as many brain cells as you possibly wow. can in a exactly. short amount of time. Exactly. <laughs> so that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers tonight. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. If you uh, would like to leave us a five-star review like the like the two generous and lovely people did that we read at the beginning of the show, please go over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, write us, uh, r- write us something out, make it funny, make it stupid, make it crazy, make it uh, heartfelt, make me cry. Yes, that's please fun. make me hard. That's fun. <laughs> Did you say please make me hard? Yeah. All right. Make Jay hard. I'll take it. Mix it up. Mix Surprise it up. us. That's all I'm saying. You know, make Dave cry. Make me hard. Whatever you want to do. Me crying is what makes Jay hard. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the crazy thing. Uh, we are also part of a network. We are part of the Podfix Network. So make sure you check out all the great shows that are part of the Podfix Network by going over to PodfixNetwork.com. You can also check out a lot of our movie cocktail recipes up there. Go to the top menu. Uh, go to the movie cocktails at the drop down and check out all of our recipes from season one over there. Also, if you would like to get more Super 
Movie Bros content, you can go to our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash Podcast on there. And for just $1 a month, you can get the additional episode that we release that we release once a month on there. For uh, for $5, you can get to pick something out from the loot chest that we have sitting over here. I've been building up a new loot chest. Happy to share some new pictures with everybody Ooh. over there on Patreon. And uh, for... Uh, 10 and 20 dollars we have other incentives for you to join there where you get to control a little bit of the show so please if you're interested in that head over to patreon.com and check us out over there i want to thank all of you guys for listening have a great night and cheers cheers cheers